Lights, camera, action. Welcome to the second edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm your host Luke Byron and today as always I'm joined by Tom Kennett, Keenan Bonner and Sean Shoot. Just to run people through in case this is your first time listening you didn't go last week. Concept here is simple, we've compiled a list of 32 comedy movies that were released within our lifetimes. That would be 1993 to 2020. We then seeded them in revenue order, taking inflation into account, and produced a March Madness style bracket to determine which of these films is best. Each episode will cover one match in particular, and today we'll be going with 2007's Superbad against 2003's Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. How is everyone doing today? Stunning. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, all good. First of all, I'll cut on a mistake. 2006 Talladega Nights. I was going to say 2003 sounded early, but I didn't. I didn't know. If I, I didn't have the notes up in front of me. The only note I didn't have up in front of me, and uh, sometimes you shoot from the hip, and sometimes you miss. That, that was one a of bad those times. Miss, I'll tell you what put me off. Someone here was getting their last little bit of uh, snacks. I could hear them rustling a little crisp packet while I was reading our intro. It sounded <laughs> like someone was doing an FA Cup draw. <laughs> all, the, all the balls are ringing around in the thing. I'll tell you, I know my money would be on. I knew that guy in your head. I just knew it. <laughs> it looks like I was correct. So anyway, we've got those two films here. So just, if we... Pass those films just to one side, just for a second. And I've just got a little uh, question here just to get things started. Do you think it's better to watch a comedy movie in the cinema or at home? Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think it transitions into home easier than maybe other films. There are certain type of films or genres that are a lot better if you watch it in the cinema, like, I don't know, Avatar, for example, or something yeah. like that. But, um, I don't know, it goes down to the first time you see a comedy, it's generally that's the best time you've watched it, which you would usually be in a cinema. I think you have to make sure you don't get lured into the easy watchness too much, so that something I'm culpable of, um, you do something else alongside the film, which is very easy to do for a comedy film. Yeah, for because sure. Because you kind of feel like you can still keep up with it, even if you're not laser focused on it the entire way through. And so I suppose the cinema is helpful in that respect that you are stuck. Well, I say stuck, like you're, you're locked into it. You're locked in. Yeah. But then the, the issue for me is sometimes is where something I get annoyed at the amount people are laughing. Which... I was about to say this. What if you've got a loud laugher in there? That's, you've got 90 minutes of a problem there. It always throws me off when someone laughs like hard at something that was in the trailer because you know it's coming. I don't know how, like, especially when it's like a popular film. 
Mm. So you've probably seen that trailer like a hundred times and people are still going for that same bit. <laughs> I probably would say my instinct was at home, but now I'm actually thinking about it. Maybe, maybe it is the cinema. One we come on to later in the uh, in the series, spoiler alert for anyone, but Project X worked well yeah. in the cinema. I don't yeah. think that works as well. If I've, my first watch had been at home, I don't think it would have worked as well. I think you're, you're pumped for that. Yeah. What do you think, Keenan? In quiet? Comedy is the easiest thing. I, 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 no. Comedy is probably the one that you lose the least watching at home compared to watching in a cinema. So if it's a big big action blockbuster, for example, you you want to see it in full surround sound on the big screen and get taken by the full immersion. But like you say, comedy, depending on what it is, you can sort of half concentrate. So I don't I think you lose the least by watching it at home. Mm. I remember we watched um, Woman in Black at the cinema <laughs> and that was quite literally ruined by the audience there. That day was the 12A. <laughs> and there were even the bits in the trailer where you knew a jumpy was coming and these girls in there were still like squealing at each bit but then they were like laughing at the fact that they'd been made to jump by they the bit scared, before yeah. and so you had like a three stage plan three stage like, action plan each time of the like laugh they were going to have and so you missed like the next couple of minutes of quite important things and <laughs> it took you out of like the immersion of the film I watched it a second time at the cinema and was scared more the second time knowing what happens than I was I the was, first time I was going to say you watch that more than often because I went and watched that with you and that didn't happen when I was there there was no screaming women then in fact think, we were a bit fucked up by it I know I watched it with um, I think it was Alex's birthday there was something because we went back to his after and watched Arsenal get battered by AC Milan in the <laughs> Champions League. They put they must have put like four passes in the first leg and in the second legs where we nearly pulled it back and then Van Persie decided to try and chip the keeper for yeah. some mental reason. Uh, two horror shows in one night for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably did watch it two, three times. I suppose that's the second time I'd... Uh, I know the time I was most scared watching it was the lad that dropped me off afterwards didn't do uh, what you're supposed to do as if I was like a date where you're supposed to make sure that I do get in the house okay. <laughs> Something could happen between dropping me off and going away and I remember being dark and struggling to get the key out of my wallet and I'm an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, thinking the woman was going to get me. <laughs> But I live to tell the tale, so here we are. Shall we get into the films then? So we've got Superbad, we've got Talladega Nights, 2006's Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. If we go like last week, so Superbad is the highest seed, and so we'll start with Superbad. It's probably, although I wouldn't like to jump the gun, the one that we've got maybe more to say about. I know for you for the first time this week, Sean and TK, you both watch Talladega Nights, so you might have yeah. a bit of an interesting take on it. Let's go. So, super bad then. If you can take yourself back to when this came out, two thousand and seven. So, 
13 years ago, we were cost. Looking back, this coming out, we're probably a similar age to the characters in the film. <laughs> well, no, they're like, they're, they're 18, aren't they? They're going into university, so we're younger than that. It spins me out the fact that their drinking age is different. <laughs> it can't so I, did think, I did think so. I did think they were younger, <laughs> but no, you you raise a good point. But yeah, certainly things that as well, every young boy, I suppose, goes through the exact same thing, which is why it's so successful to make a film so many different times about losing your virginity and drinking is essentially like a, a golden ticket for making a comedy. I was about to say, because one of our sections obviously talks about originality, already two of the four films we've talked about are essentially based on that. Yeah. I mean, well, just... if if For those that... Well, I assume everyone's seen the film, but the word fuck is used 186 times. The movie itself is only 113 minutes long. <laughs> so they average 1.6 uses of the word per minute. And 84 of those are used by Seth. <laughs> That's, good. That's good going, let's be fair. Yeah, I didn't even realise there was that many fucks. Yeah, Jonah Hill is... Um, uses the most profanities in all of Hollywood, like, officially. You know, you see these people out there that somehow have a job, and this is what they're, they're doing with their, <laughs> their job, working out who has the most profanities. He puts them on his Instagram <laughs> saying, uh, I'd like to thank Martin Scorsese. Yeah, that helped me get over the edge. <laughs> I forgot about Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Big, that's a big bonus, that. Yeah, he averages more than one a minute, I think, Jonah Hill across all of his films. <laughs> so good. What then? Going going back to this, I mean the, the trivia for them. This is the first time we would have seen some of these people. I spoke to Keenan the other day, and I was saying that I'd heard the name, but I assumed that Seth Rogen was Jonah Hill, and I know <laughs> some other people had the same thing until. You later look it up and do your IMDb search. But I'd heard Seth Rogen's name more than I'd heard Jonah Hill's, and then Jonah Hill's obviously the main character. And so putting two and two together, I thought that was who Jonah Hill was. What the hell? This is the first time we really see Michael Sarah. It's the first yeah. time we see um, Christopher Mintz Placer as uh, McLovin. <laughs> I assume you've got it in your trivia, but the fact that he was 17 when this came out and his mum was with him when he's doing the yeah. same scene is fantastic. <laughs> like, even now, I found that out about 10 years ago and it's funny then. <laughs> and as I was watching the film the other night, when it kicks into that scene, I was just, that's all, that was my first thought was, Jesus, imagine having your old dear next to you doing this. Is it the first time we see Dave Franco as well? Yeah, it is because uh, yeah. when he was on the set, uh, there's a story where Jonah Hill who was already friends with Seth Rogen and then they kind of brought Michael Sarian with them they say Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen say that they were quoted as saying 
they weren't so much looking for a good actor as they were casting for a new best friend when they was looking for uh, Evan. So obviously <laughs> weren't there. And they say there was just a day when they were just laughing at this freak they had on set, which was Dave Franco. They just had no clue that he was James Franco's brother. They just thought he was a weird-looking bloke. And they were just, just laughing kind of, at him. And were just laughing at him, yeah, with his <laughs> weaselly <laughs> voice. <laughs> and then I think he kind of tried getting his way out of it. He was like, oh, I'm James Franco's brother, by the way. <laughs> it's not, not, not great if he's got a name drop from, from the start, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I did did manage. You know, as you said it last week, rewatching it this week was the first time I've ever clocked that it's Clark Duke in the in uh, the scene at the party as well. Yeah, yeah, we actually haven't realised that either. Now, as we were watching, it's like, oh shit, it's him. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that at all before. Danny McBride's in that scene as well in the background. There's nothing that man can't do. <laughs> So the, the kind of influence that this this film had, first of all, Superbad is the first movie to ever coin the phrase "finger fuck" on film. So there's that. Um, <laughs> the cast of Jersey Shore confirmed to Seth Rogen that they literally stole the term DTF from Superbad, but didn't yeah. want to turn away the credit when it started being attributed to them. Oh wow! Is this? So they kind of just took it around with it. <laughs> Shameless. Um, but, the final party. Huge as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is it, let me know with Seth. Um, we get it when we get to the quotes, but it's when they're on the football field. Yeah, yeah that's when he says she's DTF. Yeah. She's DTF, she's dad fuck man. Um, the final party was filmed half a block away from the OJ murder house, as Seth Rogen called it, where uh, Nicole Brown Simpson was killed. That's a good bit of trivia. Yeah. I mean, it'd be better um, if the murder was happening. At the same time, now, that would be something. <laughs> one, I don't know if um, this was one of the I think, more popular pieces of trivia going back was uh, the DVD or, or like Blu-ray menu kind of featured a silhouette of Evan dancing. And so to make it be different to whether a DVD where it was like a six-second clip on loop, they just got Michael Sarah to dance continuously for an hour and then just put it as a silhouette for the <laughs> DVD cover. <laughs> Isn't that in the end well, credits? Isn't the... the end credits him dancing? Was that the start? It may well be. I know it was on the menu. It's the opening credits, isn't it? Is it opening credits. Two, two, two yeah. films. Credits, think it's, yeah. both, I think it's both of them dancing. Yeah, I know. This on the DVD menu was kind of they had the like funky, but there was. That like McLovin T-shirt that I swear was sold in HMV for about like ten years afterwards. The brown <laughs> one with the like little flowery I am McLovin writing. <laughs> Had just have a, a look here, just so I'm not just kind of chucking trivia at you and trying to do it in some kind of uh, order. So if we speak up Michael Sarah, then like like I said, so they were concerned early on um, the kind of directors that. He wasn't doing anything with the character, and they want they were concerned that he needed more energy and that it wouldn't be funny when they picked it up. And then they said they literally bought a thirty foot screen, put it up so they could see all the little uh, kind of nuances to what he does and his kind of subtle like effects. And then quickly realised that this is like 
exactly what they need for the character, which is a good thing that it's worked because every character he's played from then on is essentially the same character with a different name. I was going to say, is he even acting? Is he just going on and being himself? Yeah, I watched him on um, Hot Ones and he's like the same guy on there. <laughs> the best, the best stick bit of acting, on the best bit of acting he's ever done is this in the end where he plays a coked out version of himself. <laughs> that's, the, that's the furthest he strayed from being him in any film. <laughs> But there was, so I think he tells the story on Hot Ones, and you can get some kind of like more in depth bits of it online. But Chris Swimmins Plaster was essentially cast as McLovin because Jonah Hill had a tantrum about it. So they had their first audition together, and he stormed off saying that he was stepping all over his lines. And they pulled him aside and played him back the tape, like they did with uh, Overeem, where he claimed Stupe tapped. And then they asked him to kind of point out. Yeah. A single instance where he had stepped all over his lines. And they were saying that instead it was actually kind of boosting his performance and his delivery. And then, uh, Jonah Hill, they say he kind of refused to take it. And they said it in true, like, childish fashion. He said, uh, that's great, guys. I thought you were my friends, but it seems we've already moved on to someone else. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I can picture him having a, there, well, there was a couple of clips, wasn't there, from before? With him having a tantrum, Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think he looks back on that and just thinks, Jesus Christ, I was a prick? Um, Because, I mean... It probably helps, because they might not have cast him, if not. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, But you do do wonder whether they just look at it now. If he looks at that now, I think, Jesus, I was an arsehole during that. But I did do remember (laughs) reading quite quite a few times. I've read read it different times, but apparently those two just didn't get on as they were making the film. Because Joe and just had a big issue with him. I feel like you can kind of see that in the because obviously the characters don't really like each other in the in the sh- in the film either. I feel like you can you can see that that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, when he's insulting him, there's just a little bit more venom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he says on the ID that he looks like a future pedophile, as they say, that wasn't part of the script. That was just him thinking it was funny <laughs> to make a joke about how <laughs> McLovin looks. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I've, I've actually got that written that, that written down for one of my favourite quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something I found interesting because I, I never really know how this works kind of behind the scenes is there's a lady named Alison Jones who, um, excuse the jokes there for uh, Alex, but <laughs> so she was responsible for casting Freaks and Geeks um, season one when obviously it didn't go on to do as well like commercially, but it did kind of uh, critically afterwards, but she casted uh, Superbad as well. So she she picked out uh, McLovin from just a photo that he'd sent in on a dodgy little camera phone, and they she sent called the director before she even heard him speak and said, "Look, I've got your guy." And she also cast the pilot of The Office, but the largest fee she's ever received is ninety thousand pounds because. She gets no royalties for what she does. Essentially, her job is done once she's handed them over to the director. She's like an agent that is like criminally underpaid. What so what she said what she what she did after Freaks and Geeks, where she kind of as well as much it didn't do what they thought it would do. She realised that she was clearly good at her job, and she tried going to each company and saying, "Look, why don't you just not pay me, and I'll take just a minuscule cut of the film if it does well." 
and all of them so, turned it down. I was like, no, no, don't worry, we'll pay you up front. We'll get you sorted. So yeah, ninety thousand is still the most he's received. And you look at what Superbad made, and you look at what The Office has made. Obviously, geez. and she's put the buns in the rolls for both of those. <laughs> Well, it's like um, Todd Phillips, just to go a little bit off track again. Um, Todd Phillips turned down his or most of his FIFA direct in the first Hangover film. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, no, just give give me points on the back end. It's fine. Uh, and it's worked out. So he's, he's, he's earned, like, reportedly earned like $80 million from that now. He turned down, he turned out, turned down six million up front. And he was like, cause, uh, I think it was to do with, um, it was to do with like budget constraints. I can't remember who it was they wanted to cast. But basically we'll they, save that for when we get onto the yeah, hangover pod. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But no, yeah, that, that is uh, bang on. They wanted some A-listers. They didn't get them and worried that it was going to flop. So they thought they licked their lips when he took uh, points rather than an upfront fee, and obviously <laughs> it paid off. <laughs> Do you still have that picture on Facebook as well, where you're with someone in a club who's got like a McLovin, yeah, McLovin shirt and someone pointing a- to you? Yeah, the more I look at that, it does look more alike because at the time I did think it was just black hair and glasses. <laughs> no, now that I think about it, what you what you look like when when we first met, I I completely see it. In fact, I'm annoyed at myself. <laughs> I'm actually really annoyed at myself that I didn't see it at the time. <laughs> when are you two playing the PlayStation? I can hear some clicking. No, I've rumbled. I've rumbled one of you. Yeah, shook. <laughs> Um, obviously, film like this, you're going to get some controversy with it. And they actually went to court several times for this, and they had some kind of legal wrangling to do. And this was all due to the scene in which young Becker sees the lunchbox full of all the dick drawings. Yeah. <laughs> and what the issue, what the issue was, was that they were going to have a young girl holding an image of. A massive cock, basically. <laughs> and even if they said, like, well, maybe we won't have her hold it, the implication was that she's seeing this and you're linking children and all sorts. But he said that it had to be in the film. There was no way that they could carry on the film without having these drawings in there and seeing how it was. And they was went. It, they, it said, uh, producer Judd Apatow said it was a subject to much legal wrangling including how erect they could be, if veins could be shown, etc. But in the end, yeah, the actress playing young Becca had a different picture to hold, and so you can actually see from the reverse that the drawing she's holding is different, so they didn't actually have her hold up the specific drawing, but the implication is still there. And at some point, I think, the drawing of that dick is getting underneath that girl's eyes. It's just happening. Yeah. There's no way around it. Do you think there's the bit of trivia where they say that, look, there was over a thousand drawings that um, he'd done. And that's one of those things like Hacksaw Ridge where they say he saved like a hundred men and then you look at it actually and they said to him, how many do you think you saved? And he said about 70, they said something like 70 and the other people are like, oh, we thought you saved about 150. Like, we'll, just, we'll just call it a hundred. And so <laughs> that's where the story went from there. And <laughs> if he really has done a thousand different drawings, then 
I don't know whether to pat him on the back or to send him away for some help. <laughs> Definitely the latter. Yes. <laughs> because some of them, I don't know how he'd even think them. There's one that's like a whack-a-mole and it's not moles that are popping up. <laughs> <laughs> so we're obviously very creative with some of these. <laughs> Had, um, sure how much time that takes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Crikey, just like, that's a lot of effort to go to. We said with the uh, Sex Drive last week where they had their first like audience review and they thought they had a hit and it didn't play out that way. They're obviously a lot more kind of bang on with Superbad. And so before Superbad had even been released, when they were advertising um, Walkard, the Dewey Cox story, and Drillbit Taylor, they had um, built as the, by the producer of Superbad before the film had even been released as like the selling points of the film on the poster. <laughs> yeah. And I bet it was one of them things where nobody wanted to point out that they hadn't seen it, so everyone just kind of quietly ignored it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's great foresight, isn't it? Because what, two, three months yeah. later as it gets, re- as it gets released? Like it was probably it was genuinely a phenomenon at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, and suddenly you're the, those two. I mean, was it Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen became two two of the hottest things in? Yeah, I mean, they just become two of the hottest things we've got in Hollywood. Um, and I mean, they're everywhere for for about five years after that. Something you can kind of see when you look back is I was watching an interview with Jonah Hill. Yes, I think it was on a GQ or something, and he was saying that his goal for every scene was he wanted to break Michael Cera because he'd kind of low-key bragged about being like unbreakable. And so <laughs> he would amp his own character up in every scene and it never worked. And he said, finally, in like one of the later days of filming, he sneezed in the middle of a line and Michael Cera broke. And he said he was <laughs> even more annoyed. That's something he had no control over <laughs> was finally what made Michael Cera break. And he said that haunted him for longer than the fact that he couldn't break him while filming. <laughs> he's like, if you look, you'll see his eyes are kind of bulging in some scenes where he's just trying to make him crack, and he just can't <laughs> do it. So we've got that there. So I've, I've got some casting what ifs. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was originally considered for the role of Jules. Jesus. Wow. Okay. I think that would have worked. Like, she's. Do you not think she is kind of the same as Emma Stone in the way that? Yeah, she is. What she. I think I would like a glove. Is Emma Stone is the ultimate girl next door for our generation? I'm calling it. I think Jennifer Lawrence fits into that better, and I think if you did kind of. A family fortune style poll, then I think more would agree that it's Jennifer Lawrence over Emma Stone. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence is a girl next door. After Hunger Games, where she essentially got drunk at like two movie ceremonies, people were like all in. Yeah, I'm not saying she's not fit. That's not the point. She's not. I wouldn't say she's the girl next door kind of fit. I wasn't saying that. It's a bit of it was the thing was essentially that she made some crude jokes or whatever at an award ceremony and people were like, this is brilliant, this girl has no filter, she's like, hey, one of the boys and all this. And so I think she would have fit in 
that bloke perfectly. If you picture the scene where Seth headbutts her, <laughs> and she and she just like yells fuck really loud, you can imagine Jennifer Lawrence doing the exact same thing. True, but I think yeah, it would have worked well. But Emma Stone is is the better choice for it. I think yeah, because I feel like Jennifer Lawrence would maybe take the headbutt and try and give it back, whereas Emma Stone is literally <laughs> this nice girl. He's ended up sticking a nut on her. That wasn't scripted either. Her reaction there was just kind of off the top, and they left it in. Is it? Yeah. Well, so the the headbutt wasn't, or just the headbutt re- was, but she was just meant to kind of like almost kind of take it more than be so utterly disgusted <laughs> at what has just happened. I was saying to Sean that there is not a chance in this world. That a girl who's already out of your league is the very next day from when you've headbutted her going to meet up with you. It is not happening. <laughs> she is not going to be fine with you. Yeah, that's quite good um, wingmanning from them as well. The way they work together, it wouldn't just it wouldn't work that smoothly. No, no, bang on. So the role of Officer Michael, so Seth Rogen's part, was originally offered to Carl Gass of Tenacious D, and Seth Rogen was going to stay behind the camera, which is almost like inconceivable to look back now. It's insane. It would genuinely be a different film, right? I don't even think it would look. I don't even think like visually it would look right. The, the two yeah. policemen together. I mean, Seth Rogen's not in the best of shape, but that scene where that scene where Seth Rogen chases Michael Sarah <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't last that long if it's Kyle Garcia. Do you not think he just honest, doesn't look like a believable police officer either? No. He, but if you bring well, one in, do you automatically have to bring the other in? Oh, if, you, if you're saying you replace it with Jack Black as well as uh, that would be horrendous. <laughs> but I've never seen I've never seen him in anything on his own. I've seen Jack Black in things on his own, obviously, but I've never seen him in anything on his own. I don't know if no. that exists or what is, what his IMDb page is like. Um, but sure, I, I just assumed if he's if he's there, Jack Black's going to be there. That could have been his breakout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Could have been a different world. But no, he's not really been in much without. Oh, he's actually in sex drive and we didn't know. Sheesh. No. He's an elf he... without Jack Black. There you go. Oh, okay. I, I've only ever seen that once. That was when it came out. You've only seen Elf alive, so... once? Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> Not for him. I don't really like Christmas, so Christmas films aren't really on the top of my agenda. Talladega Nights then. So, Sean, TK, you watched this for the first time yesterday. Initial thoughts? I enjoyed it. I I loved it. Um, I thought it was... I did watch a trailer prior to it, which got me hyped, but then it did also show some of the funny bits from it, which was a dangerous thing of a trailer, but it was still class. What about Sean? Was he uh, uh, more easily pleased than the week before? Yeah, I liked it. I, well, and I think anything would have been an improvement on last week. Um, and I still, I still you said that, and then scored almost all of the picks for Sex Drive. No, I didn't. 
No, I'm going to say he was gone by the time we'd done most of the picks. He gave us his picks, though. Yeah, most of my choices would have been Bruce Almighty, if you go and check the tape. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It was an enjoyable watch. Kind of going on to what you, um, talked about earlier though, it is quite hard sometimes to, cause watching, we watched both obviously, watching Superbad, it was definitely easier to not concentrate and watch it cause, cause I've seen it so many times and I know what it's like. Um, with Talladega Nights, I had to keep reminding myself to watch it fully, uh, rather than like getting distracted as you would with a normal comedy. But I still thought it was good. So the, the producers pitched this to the movie idea to the studios as six words, Will Ferrell as a NASCAR driver. And that was enough for <laughs> companies to go, look, we're in. <laughs> this was bolstered Even because what the of... film's going to be. Even though what the film turns out to be, if someone pitched it to me that they were going to make another film with the words Will Ferrell as a NASCAR driver, I'd still want them to make it. <laughs> right, I, I, I just think there's endless there's a, there's endless possibilities for that there's, if you shows kind of how far back this is mm-hmm. the first 400,000 um, Playstation 3 systems included a Blu-ray copy of this movie a month before the DVD release so got them at the DVD charts nice and quickly as if wow say there's PS3, a song called did you say? yeah PS3 yeah there's a song in the film named Goodbye Cowboy, which was written and performed by Will Ferrell's dad, Lee Ferrell. Lee Ferrell so. <laughs> oh, actually, I missed, I missed a bit for Superbad. You know, when they're running away from the police and they run through the, like, backyard and they, in the, they trip over the tent and run over. Yeah. yeah. The guy that comes out of the house and throws the baseball bat is, um, Jonah Hill's dad. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> they just brought him in for a day of set. I can run around topless in a dressing gown and lob a baseball by his son, and that's his work done. <laughs> if, you, if you ask my dad, that's probably his dream. Yeah, not to do a baseball He'd probably pay for the privilege. According to Steve Carell, um, Will Ferrell wanted him to reunite with him for this film, but he couldn't do it due to scheduling conflicts. Am I right in thinking it's the first? Sort of combination between Will Ferrell and um, John C. Riley. I think it's certainly the first major one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the other words came prior, but I was just obviously where I didn't know the film. I, I didn't know if this had been like before or after Step Brothers, but the date you're saying that 2006 has got to be one of the earliest things they've done, surely. Yeah, I think this is this is why it's pre Step Brothers, but I don't the the breakout. Yeah, I, I I think it might. It's got to be fairly early, surely. I mean, what did Will mm. Ferrell do? What would he have had by two thousand six? Old school, the witch might have come out by then. If anyone remembers that, um, Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, that was just the. I mean, he was in that because it's happening like live, wasn't it? Um, Take him out behind the curtain again. Yeah, one of you's got vibrate on on your phone. <laughs> Pinging up for the old podcast. I'm praying it's her phone anyway. <laughs> what else is going on there? Oh, I need to turn that off. Zoolander, you had in there. Old school. Elf. Anchorman. Kicking and screaming. Wedding crashes. And then yeah, some of the Together, though. Together with the, the combo. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, as a combo, then certainly mm. that's the first that I can see on here. Yeah. Probably would have been easier to go through John C. Riley's. <laughs> Will Ferrell but, did the voice on Karen Chicken. There's some I didn't know. The man doesn't oh, say no to a job. Played the role of Space Cow. So there we go. Um, go, going back to this then, I've got some casting what ifs for you. There wasn't quite so much trivia for this as I thought there would be, or not much that was interesting anyway. But mm. In considerations for Sasha Baron Cohen's role of uh, Jean Girard, um, Michael J. Fox was the first choice in that fell through, which was a weird pick for me. I don't know about anyone else. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, no. Going back to last week, Seth Green was a suggestion. <laughs> and, uh, John, and John Stamos. Interesting. Sorry, John Stamos oh. makes me think about the game Step Brothers. Yeah. yeah same. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, you know we spoke about how they cast God in Bruce Almighty. We said mm. they essentially just had a long list. If I tell you now the considerations for the role of Lucius were um, Samuel L. Jackson, Jamie Foxx, Shaq, Will Smith, Denzel, Cuba Gooding Jr., Tracy Morgan, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Terry Crews, Chris Tucker, and Tay Diggs. <laughs> it very much seems like they were just desperate for a black bloke. <laughs> also, read some, of the get that, read some of the names on that list. What part? Adam McKay and Will Ferrell thought, yeah, we're going to get Denzel to do this. <laughs> <laughs> to get what is not a very significant part in this film that yeah. we don't know what's De- going to happen. Denzel's won his Oscar. He's just done Man on Fire. He might have just done Safe House. Like, he's one of his probably top 1% in Hollywood, but I tell you what, we can get him in for three scenes for three days. <laughs> no, they could have got, I, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. could have done a job here. Yeah, definitely. Tracy Morgan would have been too much, as would Eddie Murphy. As oh, would yeah, Chris true. Rock, to be fair. With, with Chris Rock, when it doesn't work, then it's bad. I think it's one of those Bastard. roles that is better played by someone who's unintentionally funny. Yeah. If you've got a serious actor to come in and give it, try and uh, like play it a bit straight and be a bit dramatic, like the bit in the hospital. Um, it's a lot funnier than if you've got if, if you've got Chris Rock or Eddie Murphy who are just going who are going to be funny but intend to be funny and they're going to try and steal the scene in a way yeah when it isn't yeah. really about them Jack yeah, Black so. was considered for the role of Cal so John C. Riley's role interesting no thank you what, what do you think of Sasha Baron Cohen's casting as it is well, on your I, on your I, thing I, in there, he was going to be my one who was recast if I was recasting someone in this. And I like to yeah. I'm going, but I would I would if I had to choose someone to go, it would be him in this. It I thought it was funny at first, and then it was kind of like a bit flat. Like I thought someone else could have done a funnier job. Yeah, and the, the problem with it is his his accent is neither good nor that funny. I don't know how good a Kazakhstani accent Borat has, but it's, it is funny whether <laughs> people love it or not. Whereas this is like a, a shit French accent that doesn't really add to his character that much, doesn't make him that much funnier. 
seems like they made him French for literally like about one scene in the bar where they get all of their French jokes out. It is a and funny scene, we, but <laughs> yeah, and then we just don't really need him to be French anymore. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. I thought the idea of having him be gay worked perfectly when you go with kind of the NASCAR stereotype. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that adds to the comedy hugely with the fact that he like overly properly necks blokes rather than, than just like kissing him. He's properly like, neck in front of this massive crowd. Is all part of the comedy, isn't it? Like, need him to be um, something like Ben Stiller being like as he is in Zoolander, something like not literally that, but you could have just cast someone else being proper camped up rather than him being a French bloke. Yeah, I str- Ben Stiller was strangely high on my list for both films to come in as a recasting. Actually, he could do that. He could do that job. He could. It's it's it's, it's strange because I prefer the Sasha Baron Cohen. Casting to Jack Black. Oh yeah, if he's going in, in, in that role. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But didn't you say Jack Black was supposed to be playing Cal? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna say oh, Jack Black yeah. playing this French guy. Jesus Christ, that would be <laughs> absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Ridiculously <laughs> over the top. <laughs> like I know Sasha Baron Cohen's over the top in it as is. But imagine throwing Jack Black into it and just you would reach levels. People would have been Seth. throwing their PS3s out the window. Seth Green would have worked quite well. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Seth Green would have worked quite well if he was like as arrogant as Sasha Baron Cohen is in there and he didn't mind camping up a bit. Then he would have worked well. I feel like yeah. this could be a this could be a category. Could be there's a category could be could Seth Green do this role? <laughs> One of the roles. Well, we've already got another, we've, we've already got a similar question that's coming later. <laughs> so if we were just to swap you, that out for Seth Green, just like just like this question, invariably yes. <laughs> yeah, if we just I become his new agents, I think Seth Green's a problem because I will give you a yes to almost any question. <laughs> whereas, whereas what we've got at the moment, there are some instances where I can see you can debate. <laughs> wow, I'm shocked. There's a situation in which you, you'd say uh, no to these people are going to come on to you. Should we go on to the categories then and kind of we'll go from there and see how things play out? Yeah. Yep. Go on. So first one, so this, this kind of counts as our tiebreaker if we really need it. And that's uh, which, just which did you prefer? This is tough. Because well, when you... That's okay, Al. So I was just going to say only because when you newly watch a comedy film, I think Sean touched on this earlier actually, the first time you watch it, it's pretty much always the best. I know that kind of follows with every film. But with a comedy, the laughs and stuff are all at their most fresh. Obviously the first time you see it, and it's, as good as a film can be, it's never quite the same. So Superbad, I would probably say I prefer just as a as an overall film. But having only watched Tony League and that's the first time last night, I am kind of... Saying it's strange to have recency bias over that, but I kind of do. Sean, which of these did you prefer? Is it as tough for you as it was for CK? Uh, no, but I, I I get what he means. Um, in terms of, I think if naturally if you watch a film more recently or the first time you watch it compared to another one, especially a comedy, you're going to laugh more at the 
one you've just seen, if if it is funny and if it is good anyway. Um, but I'd still go for Superbad, just taking the recency out of it and thinking back to when I first watched Superbad and the numerous times I watched it, still laughing, maybe not as much as the first time, but I still find it funny. So, yeah, I'd still go for Superbad, but, um, yeah, still quite close. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, Superbad, and then did watch it again for this. And I, I still think I laughed more at this than I did at Talavega Nights, which I hadn't seen since probably the year it came out. Yeah. So, I mean, Super Superbad takes it quite comfortably for me, but I do think Talavega Nights is unfortunate that it's come up against Superbad in the first round. Mm-hmm. Is that a tough draw? Keenan, what about you? Same. Superbad. You agree, did you say? Yeah, I, I think it is Superbad, but I, I agree that it's just, if we swap, if we were swapping matchups and it was in a different side of the bracket, for example, Talladega Nights comfortably beats quite a few from it. What about um, rewatchability then? Is that the same or not? As you, I'm in a similar situation with you where I've watched Superbad a couple of times and the fact that I've been able to do that and still enjoy it is a good sign. Obviously, having just watched Tyler Diggins, I don't know how soon again I would watch it. So I guess I've given you my answer there. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched it quite a lot of times. I haven't watched it in a while since, since we watched it now. It's probably been quite a few years, but still, obviously, it's been out since 2007, so I've watched it a load of times. Uh, yeah, compared to, I, I don't know when I'd watch Talladega Nights again. The only time I could think of would possibly be if it's like on ITV4 and there's nothing else on. Then <laughs> other than that. Keenan? Um, I don't know, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, for me, it's a bit different because I've seen them both multiple, multiple times, multiple, multiple times, but I've probably seen Super bad more as well, so I'm going to have to edge it to that. Edge it against. 2 0 lead for uh, Super Bad. So, my favourite part of the podcast last week, and we're on it again. So, most quotable and uh, best quotes. So, we'll do them one after the other. So, we're not kind of rehashing the ground. But if we go through again, if we start with Super Bad and we'll run through the quotes that we like the most, and then we'll do the same for Talazega Night before saying which one we would take for each film and overall. Um, so they all want to jump up with one for Superbad. The problem with Superbad is its quotes became so like legendary that people started using them all over the place. Yeah. I feel like rock out with our cocks out. The first time you heard it, you might have laughed at that, but then everybody started using the term rock out with your <laughs> cock out. Did that not come from somewhere else? I'm assuming, I was thinking like, is that they, the original they, or was it something else? They say it, Stifler says it in American Pie. In American Pie. Pie. Yeah, I think that's where that came from. Okay. Um, so I text Biden's last night actually, but when I was rewatching Superbad, quote wise, you've genuinely got about seventy five percent of the film. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a cheat code. Yeah, it's it's, gen- it's genuinely when you look at it because I I paid I watched it fully like fully immersed for the first time in probably five years to rewatch it. So I'm yeah. trying, trying to make notes to prep. Excuse me, it was as we were coming to talk about it. And I was fully, fully zoned in. And like, honestly, I got to the end of watching a film and my thumbs were killing me. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, typing notes into my phone and my thumbs just didn't stop. I was like, Dude, it's, yeah. it's a nightmare. Um, best, best quote. Uh, I always, I've always liked the line, Iron Chef of Pounding Vash. <laughs> 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 uh, unbelievable. 
And under the radar one for me is probably not, it's not one of the most iconic quotes, but it's that scene where they're in the cafeteria. It's just after the, I think it's just after the dip drawing scene where Evan's about to leave and he goes like, you just couldn't let me sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm Stephen fucking Gladsberg. <laughs> and then it cuts it. That kills me every time. <laughs> but like, there are so many, for Superman, like so many of their quotes became iconic, uh, and, and used so often as like the chicka chicka, yeah, fake ID, fake ID. <laughs> that one was yeah. massive, uh, in and around the mouth, in and around the mouth, DTF, yeah. They were just, that, yeah, that, that was all you heard in, that was all you heard in school for, for the <laughs> there whole was, uh, it was everywhere. When Jules says, uh, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. And he goes, well, Jules, the funny thing about my back is, it's a potato on my cock. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. Well, Jules, the funny thing about my back is, is that it's located on my cock. <laughs> so, I was going to say, I always like the home ex scene as well. When he's like, look, everyone just takes home ex to get an easy A. No offense, <laughs> but I've got to sit here miserable alone eating this terrible fucking tasting food. And look at that. They're having like the most fun ever and they're, they're sat like making like whiskers and flour on each other's face and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just after that's when Seth says, uh, you know when you hear girls say, oh man, I was so shit-faced last night. I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true as well. So true. Yeah. And, uh, Seth's saying that. Uh, oh. I was going to say, um, <laughs> when when he's talking about Jaws and he's like, so I was going to go down there for several hours. She'd love that. She'd be smitten by that. She'd go out with that. <laughs> <laughs> he says nobody's got a hand job in cargo shorts since now. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the dick, I don't know if you were about to say this, but like the, the dick giving and the dick taking abilities. Like yeah, he says, yeah. And a dick taking abilities. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult her. I'm just saying that she looks like a good fucker, okay? She looks like she could take a dick. Some women pride themselves on their dick-taking abilities. Dick-taking abilities? Do you think that's a good thing to say about someone? Okay, if some woman tried to compliment me on my dick-giving abilities, I'd be psyched. Hey, yo, Seth! <laughs> that's just, just before he gets spat at him. Yeah. yeah. He that, says, uh, that, you really bitched out back there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's hard bitched out. I'm pretty sure the bit where he says... A bit where he says about uh, going down on a frowns I'm pretty sure it's just after that he says he's going to dry up the shit out of her leg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to go down on her for like several hours, okay? She would love that. She'd be smitten by that. She'd go out with that. Or I'd dry hump the shit out of her leg. <laughs> the idea of watching Jonah Hill do that. <laughs> just... when, when he gets uh, spat at and he says... Uh... Say a fucking Fred Edmund, he's a fag too, and he's like, oh, by the way, Jesse wanted me to tell me <laughs> that you're a fag and you're not invited to his party. <laughs> uh, um, the bit CK was talking about where, um, where he talked about drying her legs, and that whole thing where he's just like, you bought a bottle of loop, and he just goes, <laughs> goes on about the loop for like two minutes, and that's, yeah. that's amazing as well. Oh, Evan, thank you for bringing that lube for my pussy. I never would have been able to handle your fucking four-inch dick inside my pussy without that gigantic bottle of lube. Okay, that's fuck. That's enough. He's basically said he's just so unloyal for like bringing a condom. Like, what, yeah. what did you tell me? He's like, yeah, we, we, we had a plan. And he's like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, there was no plan. And he just goes off on him as class. 
kind of the the start of uh, what you said before about uh, the Iron Chef of uh, pounding vouch when he says uh, she looked me in the eyes and said Seth mum's making a pubic salad and needs some Seth's own dressing because she's DTF <laughs> down to fuck my heart, P and the G <laughs> <laughs> I watched this last I watched this last night and like, listened to this again it's still killing me it's like, it was, it was watching it. so I, I, think saying, I think that answers most of the questions I'm saying, you know, when he foods are shaped like dicks, the best kinds, which is so true. When Fogel's walking through the corridor and he recaps the story of seeing like girls, like he turns around and just says, "The time walks like it's so painful." The best, the best part about that is when he goes, "Yeah, I told her what time it was." That's what. Is that the same part where Seth, Seth says, which was another one in the court, where he's like, that's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's yeah, the same yeah. thing again, do you have time? Yeah, it is, yeah. The, the police officers almost have like their own section that we can have for them. Prepare to be fucked by the long dick of the law. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's it like to have a gun? It's like having two cocks if one of your cocks can kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, McLevin, how's it going with the ladies? And he says, it's not the going I'm worried about. But it's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I get it, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's funny about the one... Bit... Um... So I was going to say, it's not even really a quote, but it's just a little bit that just cracks me up every time. It's when they're at the party and he starts to sing these eyes. Um, yeah. There's, there's a, and as they start harmonising, it's just a lad who takes a big card of coke and whips it up his nose and he goes, wow, wow. It's like joint clapping with the heart. And honestly, I would chuckle at it like, properly at every time. The, the entire back and forth when uh, it's McLovin's just been punched. Uh, ethnically, I mean, was he like us? Or <laughs> yeah. Is that a woman? Uh, females that you ask? I would say, was, was he African? <laughs> he's like no no he was American he was like you he was just like you and he's like he was Jewish and I'm crying for a Jew to commit so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie yeah. <laughs> and he says uh, he looked look like Eminem and he's like Eminem so he was round so like circular <laughs> like what? Uh, what? what? Af- Af- was he African? African. African. No, he was American, and he was like you. He looked just like you. He's Jewish. Just Jewish. like okay. you. Okay, Jew. It's an odd crime for a Jew to yeah, I'm pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. That in the gangsters, what's up, guys? Was I think someone I mentioned that saying <laughs> McLovin, were you violating that young girl? Were you violating her with your penis? <laughs> That's his moment in the film. That's that police officer's best moment. When they're talking about um, when they're in the bar, when they're talking about that's where he met his wife, and then was he said like two months, two months later, realised that she, she was an actual whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's every time McLovin gets to the point of like where he thinks he's on a level, he says something. And then they knock him back down right up until the end, where finally it's like they do accept him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think, I mean, I had about three pages worth of quotes that I've written down. I think we have covered most of them. We really oh, have. Sorry, no, um, one of the ones um, which I didn't really pick up on for the last couple of times I watched it where uh, Becca says, uh, your cock is so smooth, and Emma says, yours would be too if, uh, if you were <laughs> <Yeah. that."> <laughs> <laughs> That whole scene is just... It's sensational because he's he plays it perfectly, like the awkwardness of it. But she says, um, "Oh, Evan, I'm so wet." And he's like, "Yeah, they said that would happen in health class." In health. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you said this as well, Byron. But, but I think Becca is actually the you'd rather go for Becca than you would Emma Stone's character, Jules. Yeah, like she's I'm the one. Not sure, Keenan. Not sure what Keenan would say to that. <laughs> Disrespectful. I thought you'd made the opposite case. No, no. I've I've never really bought into the Emma Stone hype. Joke. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were an Emma Stone. Although what? What okay. happened? That was Kieran. The, no, I knew he was. What actually happened to like Becca's character in terms of the actor? She, I haven't seen it. Don't think I've seen her in anything. That's she, a good point. Um, she was the female tennis player in the Steve Carell one about the woman that played the man in the game of tennis. Oh, uh, yeah. Out of yeah. the sexes, she played Billie Jean King. Okay. She oh, actually glows, glows up very well as well. Interesting. And that's Emma Stone plays Billie Jean King. Oh, my gosh. She's in that film somewhere. Emma Stone plays Billie Jean King? What the hell? Yeah, this yeah. is spinning me out as well. I'm completely flummoxed. It is Emma Stone, because I'm looking at it now, but I saw the woman that plays Becca in something else yesterday. Because it was there was one of those almost like lad Bible articles where it's like, you won't believe what she looks like now. <laughs> I I I genuinely click on all of them without fail. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> thinking and thinking they're in porn now, aren't they? Everyone's thinking they obviously became a porn star or something. It obviously fell on a hard time. Yeah, she was in Battle of the Sexes. Yeah. Jane Peaches Barkovich. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> She's in a lot of. Um, clearly, didn't glow up quite after Superbad. Dead Before Dawn 3D sounds like about eight thousand films that have been made. Things went better for Emma Stone than it went for her. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. There's reasons for it. Hey, none of us deny that Emma Stone's the better actress. She's better in almost everywhere. Yeah, or just, just in this, to stay in this these particular days. film, I was putting myself as one of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I think you'd settle down with Becca, but you'd, as as Seth said, you'd, you'd <laughs> dry her. Jules, Jules, <laughs> Jules would bring you more prestige. Yeah. If we go he on to. Tr- he couldn't trust that Becca. She'd be going out getting hammered. She's got a loose cannon about her. Jules doesn't drink. As I was saying with TK yesterday, the the Becker and Evan is more of a believable. You can see that happen. Yeah. The Jules and Seth is a bit (laughs) outrageous. I'm not sure we need another five minutes this week. (laughs) Who's good looking enough to play Jonah Hill in this scene? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or how much we need to downgrade the female. So easy, that thought didn't occur to me, so that's a bad indictment on, um, what's his face? <laughs> 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 oh, 
I remember um, when okay. I was looking through Werven, where she's like, you haven't blown it. Like That was her chance to kind of get rid. So she must have given him some sign before the film begins for him to think there is a shot, <laughs> not just the fact that she's like spoken to him. Yeah. Because there's numerous times where she could quite easily like palm him away. She can call this off at any point. Yeah. Quotes for Talladega Nights then. There was more than I remembered there being, but maybe when you compare it to some other Will Ferrell films, they're not quite so much. I'm not sure how everyone else thinks. The obvious ones, Shake and Bake, which I've had in my head since yep. watching it. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Yeah. Something that, I, something that still gets said in the place I work. Is that like, is that is that where it came from? Yeah, that's massive. That is. I'm gonna a, say really because that is a big thing Yeah, I don't, I've but, never heard it before. A part that makes no sense. He says near the end that you shouldn't believe that I was high when I said that. It's <laughs> a bumper sticker on the back of his car at the start of the film. <laughs> Some of the other quotes. Um, Ricky Bobby saying, well, let me just quote the late great Colonel Sanders who said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, "Uh, you're not going to live forever. And he's like, no one lives forever. No one. But with that's in modern science, the more high level income. It's not crazy to think I could live to be 245, maybe 300. (laughs) Just read in the newspaper, they would put a pig heart in some guy from Russia. You know what that means? (laughs) He's like, I don't know what that means. He's like, he didn't live. It's just exciting that they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> that that little bit, that little bit where he goes, I don't know, lo- longer life, I guess. It's like little moments like that where you're happy that I'm happy that Michael Clark Duncan or someone serious plays the role of Julius. Because I just don't yeah. think I laugh. I don't think I laugh as much as this Eddie Murphy guy. Oh, longer life. Do you know Eddie no. Murphy's reaction is going to be a little over the top or whatever it is? But he plays it with, with a straight back, and then he just goes, "Oh no!" I mean, he didn't live. But I'm just excited for trying stuff like that. <laughs> Every um, time they said grace, I was in pieces. Because <laughs> so I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. <laughs> um, the, the, the whole, like, I think this must go on for about 90 seconds, where it's like little, little baby, eight, eight, eight ounce, uh, like <laughs> nine pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Don't even know how to talk yet. Yeah. Um, that, that kills me. Yeah. It's right uh, after that where uh, the kids pipe up and he says, shut up, ship, or I'll go ape shit on your ass. I'm going <laughs> to stick start... kick you in the back of the head. <laughs> start going in on the ground. Soon. <laughs> shut up, chip, or I'll go ape shit on your ass. I'm going to scissor kick you in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, turn up the heat. Go on and get some, boys. Come on. But they've just been worshipping his wife's tits for most of it as well. And nobody <laughs> nobody seems to have a problem with it other than her dad. Even like her son's on his mate, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Randomly, one that's always stuck in my head is when they're just doing the, doing the prayer and he's talking about that. Um, yeah, stipulated by my contract with Powerade, I have to mention that every <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to mention that every grace and they just go, wow, love that money. Do you know they didn't take any money from any of these um, like product placement things to um, put it in the film, and instead they reversed it and got all of these companies to promote the film for them in the back end rather than the other way around to try and maximise it. No, that's smart. I can, I can see that's, that. Yeah, yeah. 
and no, and they tried getting an alcohol distributor on board to sponsor a Superbad, and none of them would. And there's a quote from uh, the director where he says, um, "Who would have thought it? A uh, concoction that contributes to killing millions of people every year, and they don't want to put their name to a comedy about cocks." <laughs> From the scene where uh, he's claiming his legs don't work. It's just you six sons of bitches. I mean, you walk in that door on your two legs, all fat and cocky, looking at me in my chair. And you tell me it's in my head. Oh, both of you have sons, handsome, beautiful, articulate sons who are talented and star athletes and have their legs taken away. And Lucius <laughs> says, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> <laughs> there's Just a chance that. that Ricky Bobby could legitimately curse him <laughs> <laughs> they're just after that they're speaking to the doctor and they're asking oh it's just before I think they're talking about the recovery and he says oh I think it's all psychosomatic so when you say psychosomatic you mean like he could start a fire with his thoughts no not at all it means it's all in his mind I'm just saying sometimes you get a knock on the head you get right. special powers it happens all the time read a comic book okay <laughs> And he goes up. Um, Zami can start a fire when you find it. Calls, he calls, Julius calls him an idiot and he's like, what? Read a comic book once in a while. Uh, that bit where... Texas. I was going to say, when they're, in the, when they're in the bar, I guess it's not just one particular quote, but it's, I guess it's kind of the scene, but where he comes in and... and says that they're French and they're like, what did the French give it? Uh, what did Americans give us? And they're like Chinese food. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're like pizza and then chimichanga. Uh, and he's and, and he's gone, we, we created the mission. We created the missionary <laughs> position. You're welcome. We created the missionary position. You're welcome. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a mic drop. <laughs> Sensational. Oh yeah, <laughs> He says the blowjob, isn't he? Yeah, they've raised him with the blowjob and he's coming back with missionary. <laughs> um, Texas Rangers says, uh, when do we get to stop doing the uh, work, Grandma? She says, I don't know, Harry. When are you boys going to stop tossing me the radio in the bathtub? <laughs> <laughs> when the kids run around screaming anarchy. And one of them goes, I don't know what it means, but I love it. <laughs> Texas Ranger. Great name. I was just going to say, what's the other one called? Walker. Walker and Texas Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Ricky Bobby saying, uh, Susan, are we about to get it on? Because I'm as hard as a diamond in an ice storm right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the most I laughed the whole film was when they're doing the commercials and he says, uh, Hi, I'm Ricky Bobby. If you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that string of adverts is so good. The the prune candy one's great, and they've got him speaking in, I don't know if it's supposed to be Chinese or Korean, but they've got, they've got him in, and he just goes, makes whatever he says, and he goes, prune candy. <laughs> Switches it back to his deep southern accent. <laughs> I, I do think, I don't know if you, if anyone would agree with me, but I think quote, quotes wise, Superbad with each time they like, just has better moments because there's no mm. there's there's probably less there's probably less short quotes but there's like longer extended moments I think there's so many of them that are just that are amazing yeah even the, the scene at the start where they're doing the um, like dad's coming in to do the presentation it says the first thing you got to learn if you're a race car driver is you don't listen to losers like you're not an old teacher here 
your teacher wants you to go slow and she's wrong because the fastest you get paid is the fastest you get laid. <laughs> so much kids. kids. <laughs> I'm sure the kids start cheering or something. Yeah, they yeah. do. They run yeah. out. Uh, also, as he's getting dragged out and he shouts, we were cellmates, Alan. You've got payback coming. Um, <laughs> to the cleaner who's throwing him out of the school. <laughs> Ricky Bobby saying... Uh, Here's the deal, I'm the best there is playing a simple I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. I remember that catching on. Yeah, no hang with this stuff. Any other quotes to chuck in before we decide on the category winners? I think we've done half the film before. Bit of a uh, bit of trivia mention which I didn't get before. Um Obviously, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell then go on to start together in Step Brothers. Um, in their bedroom in Step Brothers, there's a um, Hugh Gallo's pizza sign, who Ricky Bobby was working for in the Worth film. For... Oh wow! So they they put that little Easter egg in there. A little Easter egg for you. Yeah. If I take so your favourite quote of each, and then we'll get the the winner afterwards. So, what's your favourite super bad quote? Mm. My actual favourite one could be the one where Jonah Hill's imagining that scenario in the shop, and the old he's going with the old woman. He's like, "Enjoy your remaining years. Like, Enjoy fucking jewels." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's in my head. I can't get rid of it though. Yeah, that's the way he says, "I will." <laughs> 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 I find it hard to pick a favourite one. As so many. The one, the one I guess, if I had to choose one, the one I'd probably go for is the, is the, the, the funny thing about, funny thing about my back is it's located on my car. <laughs> <laughs> Might be that one. For me, I think it would be, uh, Seth imitating Becca talking about the lube. <laughs> Not going to give a short version of Anna. Well, I thought we'd already said it, so you didn't need me to say, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle your four-inch dick inside my pussy. <laughs> I was going to open the podcast with a WhatsApp gangsters and then worried it would fall flat if no one was up for the podcast. So I uh, turned it down. So, Keenan, what's uh, top dog for you? Um, I'm... I'm like Sean. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I will just so that we got, you don't all have to listen to me ramble for another 10 minutes. I'll go with um, where he's talk, talking about his plan for the night, where he's just he's on about going down on her for a couple of hours, and she with it. She'd go out with that. That's amazing. <laughs> Talladega Nights. Then, what's your favourite quote from there? I can jump out for my favourite quote. As I said, is uh, him saying, "I'm going to scissor kick you in the back of the head." To the old man. <laughs> Sexy <Texas> Ranger. <laughs> I think that exchange where he does end up saying we've created the missionary position, you're welcome. Probably out <laughs> the most. Yeah, I'll go for that one. <laughs> mine's Keenan? mine will be the ho- mine's the hospital we were talking about their sons leaving out where I hope your sons <laughs> lose their legs lose their legs. <laughs> And which one of the two would you say is the most quotable? I think that has to be super bad. As for the, all My vote goes super bad as well. Already mentioned. 
It it does, which and is strange. How it, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say it's strange because the Talladega Knights ones are making me laugh more right now, but Superbad is quoted like almost daily by people. Yeah, Keenan, Superbad. And yeah. the the best quote then. So of the two that you've selected for each, which do you prefer? You Superbad again. Out of the two I've selected, I'm going to go with Talladega Nights. You've done your bit there, and I respect <laughs> you for it. <laughs> Make sure I uh, select the things probably. So, best moment slash scene. I'll jump out here for Superbad for me. It is um, the police when McLovin first gets punched. I think. <laughs> yeah, that is good. The build, the build up where they run away saying, uh, I gotta get me a glimpse of these warlocks. Then straight into <laughs> the store. Him buying the booze with the, check, the drinks smashing on the floor and going up to the till, Mindy, and then the whole interaction there. She's got a veterinary exam. <laughs> Even him getting punched is funny. Yeah. Chase it like a champ. Same as Jonah Hill getting run over. Both times. Him getting hit by a car is just funny. I found this one hard. I'd probably be inclined to go with the same one you've gone for, but I did find it hard to narrow down kind of one scene or one sort of section of the film. I was thinking that one or when they're at the party, the the first one where he has the period blood on him with the girl. That is... And then when Evan has to sing that song as well, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then when it's it's also playing in the police car, obviously when uh, yeah, which McLevin's in as well. Uh, so Logan that, says uh, that's an actual story that happened to one of his friends at their prom, and they didn't realise till afterwards. What, the, the, <laughs> what? Period, the period blood one? Yeah, the blood on the leg. Yeah. Oh, what he says essentially anything that seems like how would they come up with that from the film is just because it actually happened. That's mad. Well, when they get the ID, which him getting the ID would probably be my close second. Maybe thinking about putting it first now. Well, when they're talking when about they the first ID. see it, yeah. yeah. And Dan Snyder, who they say got his ID, was an actual person at their school who got his fake ID first. <laughs> <laughs> Keenan, TK, your favourite scene? Gotta go with Sean's the first party. Like from just after he finishes the phone call with George in the car to when they get to when they get there to when they leave all of it. But the lads talking about the fight, um well, and the, the the last officer in the, t- the tampon as well, that always cracks me up <laughs> and his face when he just turns back around and says, Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Um the, that, that, like, that's, that. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, also, then they talk about it, and he's got the like the laundry detergent in his hand, and he's like, "No, it's not bloody." It's like, oh, we must have transferred. I've not been. I don't dance. And he's like, "Yeah, it's like, oh, it's laundry detergent." He's like, "Yeah, what the fuck have you got?" And he's like, "This way he whispers." He's like, "Yeah, it's got fucking blood on my leg." Two uh, <laughs> <laughs> finalists. Yeah, it's a tricky one between the period blood and, like you said, the, the getting the ID thing. The first time I saw that, I probably would have said that scene because I was just in bits. It's the whole thing of loving their reaction to it was sensational. 
a random little one that's never going to get it, but really makes me laugh, maybe more than it should, is when he Evan's talking to Becca in the corridor and someone bumps past him and he punches her in the tit. <laughs> 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 just, just, so good. Like he'd have no control over the fact that he just hit her in the tit. I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the period one now. He, let, he lets her keep the pen, and then when he he says he'll uh, buy the drink, and he says, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's my treat, first of many, so uh, get used to it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Best scene in Talladega Nights for me would be the first time they say grace, I think. I don't know what are these. Uh, I've, got, I've gone for when... Um... That scene where he, where he has that first crash and he can't walk, and then they're in the hospital. Well, when he can walk, but it's like it mentally. And then <laughs> and when he stabs himself in the leg, yeah. it's like shocked that he can walk. So good. Well, he initially tries to hide the fact that he can feel it, and then obviously yeah. it's erupts. Mine's got to be as a... Sorry, I was going to say in that scene with uh, the stab in the leg, when when they're all screaming. Um... John C. Riley says, "Someone, someone, get a knife so we can pry it out." <laughs> um, I, I was thinking, prizes. My one of the bits I enjoyed most was his um, his dad trying to teach him to lose the fear. So he puts a fucking cougar, cougar in the car. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> then gets him to drive blindfold. He just crashes straight to the house. <laughs> You've got to feel it. You've got to feel it. I thought I felt it. <laughs> and he goes to put the blindfold back on before he drives away. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually forgotten one of my favourite quotes is now. I know that you talk about uh, the bits in the house. Uh, it's when it's when the mum threatens to rip a, <laughs> rip a hole in someone's oxygen tank. Um, yeah, okay. so talking about the noise. Like, Shut up, Frank. I'll come and rip a hole in the opposite. <laughs> um, favorite scene is the bar scene, but mainly when they they talk, they're talking about crepes for two minutes, and he's like, "Oh, the, the crepes is that." Like, yeah, I, I love the crepes is that. <laughs> break his arm. I'd like to crawl into one and eat my way out. He's <laughs> just like. Then they talk about, it and he's like, "Look, no, he gave you a pretty good out." He's like, yeah, 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 he did, he did. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. Break my arm. <laughs> <laughs> of, of the of the two, which has the better moment slash scene? My vote's for super bad. I'm going to give a vote to Talladega. Keenan, I'm going with T. Going with T. Like I said, Quote-wise, too far winded, but I think the best moment does go to Talladega. I think, yeah, I think it's it's got higher peaks. It doesn't. It's not as consistent, but it's got higher peaks. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm going super bad as well. Close, but I'm going to go super bad. So it looks like we're we're tied on this one. First tie. Best side characters up next. If if I could go third, because I'd imagine. The Superbad, the police officer, is the obvious suggestion, and I'd like to make the case for Francis, the guy that hits Seth in it with his car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right he is that off. Where he says, uh, "I didn't even effing see you." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be straight with you guys. 
I've got a warrant out for a totally non-violent crime. <laughs> so I almost, I almost think the police guys are in it too often to be like a side character. You know what I mean? I know they're not. I feel that would be harsh though because I would class friend. the main characters is Seth. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I feel yeah. like they're somewhere in between, maybe. But yeah. Um, Him in, in the car where he phones Jules and he says, uh, who's going to give it to my man? You are. And puts this for a back for a fist bump and they're just not entertaining that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that he's just like, oh yeah, one of you bros can come and ride up front. Uh, nope, no, no, thank you. <laughs> tiger, got out, tiger, got out tiger got out of the cage. Tiger got out of the cage. Tiger got out of the cage. I think, yeah, the, the police, are, if you are in a class another side character, the, the police officers win. Yeah, they, they have to, don't they? They're just winning super bad. Like, by a landslide. Um, so they win it across both films? Like, for, for side characters, Talladega, I would have given it to Texas Ranger for my favourite side character, but... I wouldn't even have him in the same league as uh, the police officers for one or um, Francis. I'd have the uh, I'd have the dad as the best side character in Tyler Day. I did think he was hilarious. Reese Bobby, what a guy. Um, and he is just a piece of shit. <laughs> you just know it. When he sells the tickets that he's finally collected. <laughs> yeah. They try and make it like an emotional moment. He's like, tickets going. <laughs> Just doesn't even consider it. He walks, takes like three steps outside Old Mercenary and goes do one for. Um, <laughs> there's another, there's another side character probably because it's my favourite scene in the film. The lads in the party that Evan sings to. Just those, yeah. those four or five. They're only, <laughs> yeah. They're only in it for what, four or five minutes, like cumulatively. Um, but just the conversation they have where they're talking about killing him. He's like, oh, and then they make him sing and stuff. That's about there. <laughs> bigger, in, bigger impact. It. It's got to be super bad, hasn't it? We probably won't have a more uh, one-sided one than this, I don't think. Yeah, the impact of it was massive compared to most... Uh, to, if, you know, if it, on this category, there's only a few films I can think of in the bracket that would probably beat Superbad. It's a bigger impact, I don't... Yeah, there really isn't many that would beat it. So, yeah. It's, it's, cool. it's going to get tasty down the stretch. Yeah. We've got um, originality, and this is a, this is kind of a tough one, I think. I would go for Talladega Nights personally, to, because as it? much as it's probably not original now by a Will Ferrell stretch, it was at this point. Uh, it's, yeah. It is a unique. I know, I know Will Ferrell films do fit a certain criteria, but it is a fairly unique idea, rather than the super bad one, which, as we said, is very much tried and tested. This is kind of like your top tier teen comedy, isn't it? So it still follows all of the things that we said, but it kind of puts itself out branched a little like American Pie does. Where you do have some what kind of the care for the characters. Oh, look, everyone was playing 4-4-2 in United, but it was only United who were winning. So you can have the same formula, but you need that bit of magic to make it work. Yep, that's a one. That's a wonderful analogy, by the way. <laughs> that's that's top four. If we, did anyone object to Talladega being the most original? By the way, no, no. I think oh. TK makes a good point about Will Ferrell films. They're all somewhat sort of, when with the double act. They're all somewhat similar. It's just their brand of idiocy. 
in different situations, <laughs> but that is still it still wins just on the fact that this was probably superb as well, probably the fiftieth team comedy that's come out mm. and they've done the same yeah. thing. That year. Who who's who's your MVP of Superbad? I found this one. I found this one quite tough as well. Because all all three of the main characters could probably have their own. You could make an argument for all three of them. I think. Uh, on the basis of it, though, I, it probably has to be Fogel or McLevin. Um, yeah, McLevin would be my MVP pick. Yeah, really? and he he does the the best. Like if you just look at the character, he does the best out of all the characters as well. Like apart from getting punched in the face, like other than that, <laughs> other than that, his his journey's pretty sound. And then he ends up getting with the girl at the end as well when the other two didn't. Uh, well, it kind of gets uh, overlooked a bit, that doesn't it? Yeah, he had about literally half a second. Yeah, yeah. And hey, the it counts. Does it's genuinely. Number. Does genuinely buy into him being an older guy from Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they say to him, "What are you doing with those cops?" Why are we doing so? Because I rule. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have another MVP pick for Superbad, or is everyone going for McLovin? No, it's got to be Seth. Surely, like genuinely, the driving force of the whole film. Take that character out. He is, but also if you take McLovin out, then you lose yeah. you lose the ability to purchase it. You lose the ability to purchase alcohol. So I get your point, but like as an actual driving force, like he's the reason him and Evan end up at the party, the first party. Um, the bit with the cops only really, really does kick up a notch when he gets hit by the car as they're as they're sprinting away, um, and then they where he's, they're trying to arrest him and stuff. My my pick would be Seth, just because I think it. A, I think he's the funniest character in it, so I think he actually drives the film. I think he's the funniest, but I think McLovin's the MVP. And then okay. Evan, I for Evan, I guess would be that he, this Evan's kind of like the glue that he's a he's the one who connects the group. I think, yeah. I think you, you take, need the straight man. You take Evan out and McLovin and uh, sorry, Fogel and Seth don't know each other. They're not. They're not. They're not getting along. Yeah, really. So Seth's the one who like. Sorry, Evan's the one who kind of combines them and. Means that they're all on this. Journey. I think no, they, you leave the cinema got... talking about McLovin. Yeah. I, I can see I the argument the for with Seth quotes. I can see the argument for Seth though. Probably is the most is the most dominant character. Yeah. One of the quotes that we haven't mentioned, which was one of the biggest, was literally McLovin saying, "I got a boner." <laughs> 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 Talladega Nights, who's your MVP? That's the Ricky Bobby, is it? Yeah, well, I thought so, but I wanted to give the opportunity for another suggestion. It's kind of what Will Ferrell does, isn't it? If he's in it, <laughs> then he's, he's pretty much he's running the show. Yeah, from old You're school onwards. First. Your last, but from old school onwards, I don't. He's not really played. He doesn't really take a supporting role after that. Does he? Doesn't take a back seat, does he? No, he <laughs> takes one. He takes one in Zoolander, and I think that's probably the last time he does it. Even, even in the wedding crowd, oh, he comes the wedding in crack and Of the of the two uh, suggestions, who would have which film would have the MVP overall of the two in your? Uh, it's, I think it's. 
probably super bad, even if whichever one you have between Seth Walmart Lovin, they're big characters in terms of comedies for the last however many years, they're big characters now, aren't they? Yeah. I think I I think I go the reason I'd probably go from eleven as well is if you were doing like a association if Someone said, say yeah. the first thing that comes to mind, you said Superbad. You'd say McLovin would probably be, you'd say McLovin before you said Seth, I'd imagine. Mm. So that's why I'd probably go for, uh, go from 11, yeah. He and obviously the actor have become the quintessential sort of geek character as well in terms yeah. of comedy geek is him. Over yeah. here, you might say, well, from the in between us, that's a little bit more niche in terms of the grand scheme of things, isn't it? Um, Best soundtrack. This is a tough one. Yeah, I didn't really know what I was going to go with. I wasn't sure on this one. I didn't feel like either film was, you know, you one of those films where you no. ever recognise the soundtrack of it. Uh, the only one I could think of was that I would choose Superbad just on the basis of that bit where Evan's singing and then it's playing in the car as well. That's the only only one reason I could think of it. I would go Super. Bad, but I think there's a bit more than that. You've got the kind of like funky music at the start for the credits that you associate with the second you hear it. And I quite literally just listened to both soundtracks on the Spotify playlist yesterday to see which I preferred and went with uh, Super Bad. Excuse me, better score. I would go Super Bad. Super bad overall, sorry, is a better soundtrack, but I think the best song across the two films is We Belong Together by Pat Benatar. As he's, as, as they're running towards the, running towards the track in the final race of <laughs> Talladega Nights. I think that's, it just hits it perfectly. Um, what, what about the French painted black? Fair. I still like, I actually like Pat Benatar, and I do like We Belong Together. That's, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I think that's still on my Spotify now. Uh, I do like the fact that the coup, Managed to worm them way, worm their way into um, Superbad. They are uh, pork and beef plays as the two coppers walk into the house party. That's quite nice. No justice, no peace. Yeah. What do you say when he walks in? He's like, I assume you, I assume you all have uh, drugs and something. <laughs> yeah. You've also got Big Popper in uh, Superbad. When Seth gets uh, period blooded, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that on the. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot about that. I noticed that when I I double checked the Spotify playlist as well uh, after watching it, and I thought that might have been when it was played. Yeah. So my vote would be super bad. Um, just what everyone else's votes for me to uh, tally up. Yeah, I'll be tally up, but yeah. Yeah, I'll go super. Yeah, go super. Alright, and which film ends better? So the this was one of the new categories for this week, and that was they say that the hardest thing to do for a comedy is to end it right because it's all well and good having all the jokes, but you, if you're going to have some semblance of a plot, then closing it out properly is uh, one of the more important things to do. And so, ending. As far as comedies go, I think the super bad ending is probably is as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah, because they get, they get, they get the girls, don't they? In 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 the end, which was what their whole aim and mission was of the film. I also didn't realize when we were watching it. I thought they had arranged to meet there, but then in the film they just happened to both be at the mall, 
and then they yeah and then they that's obviously when they change positions and then um Seth keeps looking up at, at Evan on the escalator <laughs> which I forgot about so yeah it does end quite well I guess they could have maybe incorporated Fogel into that in some way or McLevin into that way because it isn't his last scene where he's getting carried away from the police like, he's not yeah. is it yeah so maybe they could have put him in it but other than that it was kind of a double act plus McLovin wasn't it yeah, yeah they did and then yeah. even just them like telling each other they love each other what before they go to sleep. Some just some of the just subtle things with Michael Sarah, just as much as he can say like I love you man, but the second Jonah Hill goes in for a hug, he's like squirming at the fact yeah, that yeah. there's like <laughs> bodily contact. But that that was that was a good way because that is like the classic them drunk they've got to the end of the night and so they'll just tell each other how much they love each other <laughs> I also like the bit in the, the following morning where Joan Rill's trying to leave as always just, it's just the end of a one night stand and he's <laughs> there, just awkwardly trying to get his way out he's like, like you don't have to go if you want. yeah he's like I've got, I've got nothing planned you can stay and he's like oh right yeah 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 and he's just trying to disappear um, <laughs> he's and, posing in the jeans doing his stretches <laughs> <laughs> saying he's got the divide side this is is sorry sorry I was going to say the ending of, I actually really like the ending of Talladega Nights I don't, I don't, I don't know what, in terms of what's better but I do like the ending of Talladega Nights so they've got the final race and there's the kiss the, the kiss of the, so we can send them off back to France it's not <laughs> I don't know if it's quite as good as the ending of Superbad but it's there's way comedies go. And in terms of a plot, at least it does actually tie it all together. Those two come back together and they go from being shaken baked to El Diablo and the magic man. Yeah. Cal, Cal gets to win. Cal gets to win his first race and he's like, look, I've been waiting. I've been waiting a long time to hear you say my name. And he's like, I know it's a technicality, but if you try and take this off me, I will suck you straight in the face. <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it is good. Like, obviously he splits up with Will Ferrell's left with Mrs. And him and, is it Amy Adams? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. It is, yeah. I, I, I always get her and
No, no, I don't think so. As good no. as Will Ferrell and John C. Riley obviously are as a couple, that's about it. Like you said, the rest of the film, not quite so much, where she's bad, everything ties in nicely. But even their, even their chemistry gets better. Like, the, the, like, they're good together here, but when it gets to step brothers, maybe it's just the characters or the type of film, but they, they mesh better together there. Yeah, it's, it's not the same, is it? Yeah, you're right. No, it, it steps up another level for those two. So yeah, I'd, I'd go super bad for sort of like the ensemble. So that's like, it's either an 11-1 scoreline to uh, <laughs> super bad. Depending on how you score the tie, if you count as a point or null and void. So we are going to see Superbad in the next round. So we've got Superbad against Sex Drive in the next round. So that, that can be a batter. It's quite the opposite of a clash of styles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do get to speak more about Seth Green, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the kind of talking points that we had that aren't um, kind of contributing to the judging, if we go down then. So real star of the film. Who do you who do you give that to for um, Superbad? Well, you'd almost I was going to kind of say you kind of say McLovin if you think about the in aspect it probably was meant to be the third character, it's not meant to be the star of the film, but then becomes it. But I don't know if that yeah. as you view it or whether they intended that or because you think Seth and Evan are meant to be the main characters, but maybe Evan ends up being the main one. I would I would say um, McLovin is kind of the real star of the film in that he was the guy everyone came out talking about but yeah from there obviously Jonah Hill has done the best from that but then I don't know if that we're kind of if we're keeping it to in the film then I would say McLovin would be my star of the film this isn't what we're voting for so it's just quite literally just oh, do, do you mean by like you what is the question like who went on to become the no no that's why that's why I kind of said so my pick would be McLovin rather than Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. okay. Take take six or seven. A talk of super bad. Like I mean, six or seven of the main characters. So Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, uh, Emma Stone. See the the three of us, and then whoever plays better. All six of them gone to do quite well after, didn't they? Uh, Byron Byron Hader, the only plays better. Seth Rogen and Jonah are all gone to do really well. Michael Sarah got the roles he wanted, and then just decided to. Seems like he just decided to stop. Crystal Mint mm. Pass was in Kick Ass and a couple of other things, and was yeah. doing, again, it seems like he just decided to, to walk away. And obviously, we've got him next week as well in uh, Role Models. Yeah, sorry. And then uh, the, uh, the, the guy, the guy that runs over him, he ends up being in, he's in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, Joe Latrullio. With, um, sorry, with, Oh, Bill Hader. So his agent told him not to take this role originally because the film was never going to go anywhere. So that <laughs> obviously was something that he can credit himself for. But he said he had, not- <laughs> he had a nightmare afterwards because the only roles he was getting offered was for a policeman because they just <laughs> loved what he did in Superbad. So you just sense he was just get- getting offered the same character in all these other different films that he didn't really take any of them up on. And then he's gone on to do more writing and he had that TV show as well, which the name escapes me. Uh, it was in oh. Trainwreck as well with uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yeah, that's LeBron's in, isn't that one? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Cena. 
I don't reckon I'd fight being typecast, you know. I think I'll just take it. I'll just be like, look, you're going to give me these roles. I'll just go with that. That that would be dangerous, though. Like, you'd just be subjecting yourself to cheap ginger jokes if you're in comedies for, like, every time you're in a film. It is what it is, though, isn't it? You've got, you got to accept <laughs> I'm probably not getting the James Bond role. So I've, I've got to just, you've got to double down with what you've got. Yeah, people kind of slate Danny Dyer, but he was what he was. <laughs> yeah. If you were to diet blonde, would that be like Jonah Hill going skinny? <laughs> or Dow going skinny? Everyone would just be outraged. <laughs> if you dyed your hair blonde, I'm not sure the same people would be going, it's that coke. <laughs> He's been doing too much coke, that's what it is. He's done so much, his hair's been bleached. <laughs> um, recast in one role. Oh, sorry, real star of Talisayan Knights. So would it would still be Will Ferrell for me. Yep. Yeah, there's no real wiggle room there, is there? No. So for recasting one role, um, I've shot from the hip of it here. Um, I went for replacing Becker with a younger Anna Kendrick. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. I can see that. That probably would work as well. If she, she wouldn't have been big at the time. And the right level of fit. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is actually a very good show. This is, this is, this could be, I could be that woman from the office that's getting criminally underpaid for casting <laughs> people. <laughs> Anyone else have a suggestion for Superbad? No, not for sure. It is hard because it is almost like they were, cast. They were it's, it's genuinely yeah. almost it is as close to perfect as you as you'll ever find. That's the only one I could really think of that you could possibly move. Oh, they she's tried, very much replaceable, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, they tried giving Jonah Hill like a far lesser role at first, despite him telling them that he was perfect as Seth. How would and eventually? Yeah, just didn't they, they asked him after if he was annoyed, and he said. Uh, no, I just thought they were idiots until they came to their senses. Didn't they? Nice shot, is he? They tried to turn him down because he was too, like, too old or something. Like, no one would believe he was 18. I'm not sure. There is only like two years gap between him and Seth Rogen, which is weird. Yeah, I, I do. I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure back in the day I read that they tried to turn, turn him down because they thought he'd be too old and no one would buy him being 18. And then he auditioned and sent him the tapes. Because they all, him and Seth Rogen already knew each other, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and then he, they were just like, "Yeah, look, this is this is too too good a thing to let go." So there's a there's two-year two year difference. Something like that. There's only a, the two year gap between um, Will Ferrell and the guy who played his dad in *Hamilton <laughs> Nights*. I did think that isn't quite adding up. Um, there's only a seven. Up, it's like a, a seven year gap between him and the mum, I think. <laughs> but. Recasting one role in uh, Talladega Nights. I'm not sure how well this one's aged overnight here, so this really was me shooting from the hip. And um, we're going to recast uh, Will Ferrell's dad, uh, Reese Bobby, with um, Rob Schneider. Fuck's sake. No, thank you. <laughs> that could work. No, it's a terrible shout. Got no, he hasn't got the authority. That opening scene's awful. It's Rob Schneider. I mean, he's, a, he's, <laughs> as tall, he's as tall as the kids in the classroom for a start. Um, <laughs> what about Harrison Ford? <laughs> what? 
That's a wild card. That's a wild card to tell me you wouldn't be interested. Yeah, yeah. I thought he'd have that. I thought replacing Amy Adams with Viola Fisher was too obvious, so I didn't go for that. You could swap them out, and I wouldn't know it. It does make me (laughs) so ill that she's with Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm happy for. (laughs) Not sure I am. I do think um, replacing Sasha Baron Cohen going with um, Ben Stiller is the best show. You said it earlier. I was thinking along similar lines. I just thought someone who could pull off that role, I do think he'd be perfect. Hmm. Nice. If the cast swapped, which film works best? This would be such a crazy fucking change. <laughs> a film about Will Ferrell losing his virginity sounds unbelievable. <laughs> I feel like it, the only one that I don't know. It, I feel like Talladega Nights could work if you just put the characters in, but I don't know how you have like <laughs> how you have those grown people going to school. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, yeah, it's the end scene. It just turns into four-year-old virgin. Well, the end scene is the pair yeah. of them actually getting lifted in the cop car, and if it's just <laughs> running around high school parties, they're getting put in there, getting taken for real. <laughs> <laughs> I had a. Uh, if you add Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, does the movie improve? Yes. <laughs> this might be two occasions where you wouldn't. I, I think you could slot them into Talladega Nights. It's a, a slightly different film, but it does work. It would still be spectacular. Would you, you swap? Uh, I'm not Will sure Farrell you could put the Riley. You think he'd be the policeman? I was going to say, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in Superbad, they'd be the police officers. Could. In Talladega Nights, if you're the director, you're about to start filming, you get a call and you say, look, late, I know, I can swap you, Will Farrell and John C. Riley, Fowen Wilson and Vince Vaughn now. Do you take it? Same money on the, same money on the table. No, but what I'd like to do is I'd like Vince Vaughn to come in and play Julius, and then Owen Wilson to come in and play Glenn, who is the soft-spoken guy on the crew, and just have just just <laughs> sort of try and edge. They pretend he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine yeah. Owen Wilson just giving it wow afterwards. Him um, <laughs> poking his head around the corner them. when he's meant to be dead. Just have them inching in a couple of more minutes screen time, but that's what I'd like to see, him. and I do. Part of me thinks if you've got those two as the police officers, super bad improves again. I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd be on TCAP. I think it's, they could play that role, but I, I don't know if whether I'd 100% say they improve it or not. They might do, but I, I can. It's a they, delicate they, balance. They play it so well, yeah. It's a delicate balance. You, you're getting two better players, but are they going to be able to fit into your system as well? You could work them in. You I, could think work they could. In. I think they would work. You could work in Vince Vaughn as the guy that hits, um, you could, Owen Wilson as the guy that hits Seth with his car, and Vince Vaughn as Mark. Yeah, that is a good shout, actually. They is. could. Yeah, I, 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 I do, I, I, I just say part of me thinks they do improve it as the police officers, but again, it's very different, isn't it? Because you'd have to, uh, if you have Vince Vaughn in a Bill Hader role, because, Am I the only one who just automatically thinks he'd be the senior police officer? And oh, no, he sure absolutely would be. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fine. Um, it's a very different performance, isn't it? 
you can't see. I, just, I don't. I don't know if I see Vince Vaughn in two thousand and shout, seven shouting pussies on the table. <laughs> um, I can absolutely see that. Sure. Just the idea, the idea of him going into that party and saying like, "Right, I'm assuming you've all got drugs or whatever," is a brilliant <laughs> thing in my head. This is. I'm kind of punishing myself, imagining it happening. The scene upstairs with McLovin, where he's talking about we shouldn't be blocking your cop, we should be guarding <laughs> it as well. That is, um, that is made for those two. Yeah. See? Told you. Well, that just about wraps us up for uh, today, I think, much like McLovin at the end of the film. Um, <laughs> next week, American Pie against Role Models. So, set your alarms for that all every episode out midnight on friday so american pie role models for next week so we've got a clash of two generations here and that should be a good one any i've not watched role models in probably about five six seven years in american pie is just a classic i forgot as well it's it's obviously sean william scott versus sean william scott yeah exactly Mm. you boys are really glad to come come out to bat for role models I'm not sure, but, but I don't want to give spoilers here, so we'll let things go. No, they're both, they're both going to have to be rewatched before I make any decision. <laughs> I meant just in, anyway. the, uh, in our planning stage, I was I was fighting against role models, wasn't I? Yeah. So I'm going to have to, I'm oh, going yeah. to go in with an open mind. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, right. not, he's not done himself favours. <laughs> well, thanks Tough again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back next Friday. Keep locked past the pod. Let everyone know. We'll be back. Stay safe. Goodbye.